You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to Tencent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Ten Cent Beer Life. It's Kyle here, as always, with Brian. What's up, dude? Oh, just uh, trying to fill the the void in my life um, that that football being over has left. I was just before we started watching this. Today's my day off. I was watching Building the Browns, and it was like the playoff episode, and I was getting all fucking amped up. Nice, dude. I'm I'm so sad that it's over. <laughs> it is. It's Super Bowl's done. There's no more football at all. It's uh just basketball for the foreseeable future. Then some baseball once it starts getting nice out. And uh, here we are. It, it, the frozen tundra. Are. They're tearing a house down behind my house. <laughs> so if you guys hear some loud banging or anything in the background, um. That's what that is. Uh, there's nothing I can do to control it. I'm super pissed off about it, uh, mostly because now I have to build a new fence. Uh, <laughs> the garage butted up against like part of my fence, so it was just like there was the garage. They didn't tell me. They just ripped it down. So now I can't let my dog out out back because it's going to run into the middle of the street, uh, two streets over from me. So it uh, it all sucks. But here we are. It's cold. Very cold in Cleveland. Uh, nine degrees, I think, today. So, what the fuck? You guys didn't tune in here to hear a goddamn weather report a day late. So, <laughs> let's talk about the Super Bowl, Brian. Uh, pretty uh, lackluster, uh, really. I mean, I like. I mean, the fact that 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 everybody wants to give Tom Brady credit, and yeah, the guy's got seven Super Bowl rings. That's crazy impressive. He has more Super Bowl rings than any franchise does in their entire history. Uh, and that's nuts. That is fucking crazy. But like the the Tampa Bay defense won that game. It was so obvious the way that they shut down that entire offense. They played uh, two safeties uh, pretty far back, which they kept talking about during the game, which Buffalo did and it didn't work at all. But they were just they were able to generate pressure without really blitzing, and that was the difference. Is there's two starting tackles were out for the Chiefs, and Shaq Barrett fucking ran roughshod all over them. Yeah, they really got after it. I I don't know. It was just one of those things I didn't expect, but I wasn't surprised either. That Tampa Bay team was stacked. I I, I don't think they were getting um, uh, enough credit. I mean, it was just Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. What was the line at the end? Was it six, seven, ten? Wait, the, I, I don't remember. You don't remember? I, I don't gamble, so I don't know what the line was. I, I heard somebody tell me Chiefs by ten at one point, and I was like, that's absurd. Chiefs by ten was my prediction. Was that what it um, was? Maybe I'm That was my end. prediction for the game, and I was very wrong, <laughs> as it turns out. Um. 
I, I took another bet before the game, and uh, I think it was seven. They asked me if I wanted it with points. I said, straight up, I'll take the Buccaneers. Um, I want to shout out my dude, uh, Dan Kemp, down in Tampa. He's the only guy I know that's a Buccaneers fan. He's diehard, too. He used to, uh, as a kid, he used to sneak into the stadium and go to games. Uh, How the hell do you do that? This dude's shifty, man. He uh, He's an interesting dude. He married one of my uh, very good friends. Uh, I'm very happy for uh, the Kemp's down in Tampa. Yeah, he said he used to sneak into the games like back when they had, I don't know who, Trent Dilfer. And then well, who, who was their quarterback when they won the first Super Bowl? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, and then that Warren Sapp defense, and then what Derek Thomas, Derek Derek Brooks, Derek um, Brooks, Derek John Brooks. Lynch, uh, Simeon Rice, I think was part of those teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All Star was, was on there. Uh, All Star, uh, um, Rondé Barber was the other. Yeah. Okay. Big defensive yeah. piece. Yeah, and Gruden left and went to Oakland and dragged Oakland to the Super Bowl and then got his shit packed well, in, bro. He was no, he was the um Raiders coach. He started in he started in, in, in Oakland and then went to uh Tampa and coached Tampa to the Super Bowl. It packed their shit in. He like, packed Oakland's shit in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that. Remember uh the the crazy out of nowhere, all of a sudden Rich Gannon is the best player in the NFL at like thirty seven? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich Gannon was hot there for a little bit. I don't that know. was wild. Who was they, the, uh, they, the Jerry, coach at that point? I don't remember who they got after him, and uh, I'm not going to look it up because you guys shouldn't be coming here for a history lesson. I'm sure we're going to get uh, emails about how dumb we are. Uh, I we, we got one one of our uh, constant emailers is a big Raiders fan, so I'm sure he'll fill us all in. Um, but they had what Tim Brown and Jerry Rice that year. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was a fun I, one. That was a fun one. They might have actually had Warren Sapp. What didn't Warren Sapp play a couple years as a Raider? Yeah, but I don't think he was there for the Super Bowl. I don't think he was in Oakland for the Super Bowl. That was a long fucking time ago. What was that? Two thousand two. Yeah, I remember drinking at my friend's dad with my friend's dad watching that Super Bowl. I was in high school, but I was drinking age, so it was probably right around that time, two thousand two, two thousand one. You were in high school, but drinking age. Yeah, yeah, dude. Drinking age is like 15, 16, right? Not legally, <laughs> but like I was I didn't start drinking till later in life. My my parents were crazy strict about that. And I like the my good friends weren't drinkers either. So I I was a good boy until right after high school. Then you went to college and you were like, I'm not playing. Let me get drunk and climb up this scaffolding and film. <laughs> <laughs> the summer before college is when I broke out. That's when I started going nuts and Really shotgun and beers. No oh, man. That is that is that what you jumped into? Is just shotgunning beers? Yes. I I fell in love with that very quickly. Like it was like beer and then shotgun came right after that. I, I dove into the deep end there. Beer bongs? Were you just like at parties just like I will challenge anybody? I, I did a lot of beer bonging like starting freshman year. Nobody had a beer bong when I was that that summer before college, but like starting freshman year, yes. Me and my friend Seamus would sit on a love seat for our pregame and we would just pass the beer bong back and forth. We'd go nuts. I, I was very meathead like in, in that fashion. Hell yeah, dude. I used to do cake stands and I would just go to parties 
And even before I even went up, I said, I'm going to do 47 seconds for AJ Hawk. And so everywhere <laughs> I went, everywhere I went, I would just go up and do 47 seconds and just like drop down and be like, yeah, people are doing like 10 seconds. I'm like 47 seconds, AJ Hawk every time. <laughs> I, I was monster cake stands and it was just, a, it was such a task to get me up, but uh, I loved them. I would, I would love to do a cake stand today just to see I if i still it. got it yeah i i mean i can't really drink regular beer anymore so i haven't done a keg stand in in years god you got your body i just maybe i just ignore every i do just ignore everything but you were like i didn't start drinking and then you're like i can't drink beer now and it's just you're just probably more uh woke than me i'm not more woke than i my i i, I just have genetic issues <laughs> like my my dad had the gluten thing happen to him back in like when he was a baby in 1957, he was a, an OG gluten free person. And then like it went away and then came back. And then like, I ignored it for almost all of my adult life. I'm like four years into being gluten free, but like I, I just had diarrhea all the time. I used to have a modium on me at all times. And then finally I was with this girl who I had been wanting to to touch very badly for a long time. And then like I got the invite to touch her and I got sick that night. And so like from the next day on, I was like, I'm I'm fucking cutting this shit out. I'm not letting my diarrhea cock block me again. <laughs> That's it had done so a bunch of times. I, I have probably 45 minutes worth of comedy material about diarrhea affecting my my sex life. No, oh, I would just uh, flush it out and go. But I, I don't know. No, there, there's certain times See, where like you, you, you can feel the difference between like, I just got to get this out of my system and then I'm good or I'm going to be sick all fucking night. And it was an I'm going to be sick all night. And I was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Brutal. That sucks, dude. Brutal. You can't eat sandwiches if you want to get laid. That's uh, just a fact of life. I don't, I don't know. At this point, yeah, I might go with the sandwich. <laughs> married married brian may start eating sandwiches down the road who knows fuck it i'll smoke cigarettes and, and <laughs> sandwiches we'll just throw it all away yeah there we go no so super bowl uh we're just we're just out here i don't know i i thought it was pretty fucking boring i mean i'm not really overly excited about tom brady winning his seventh title it's cool but i mean what are we gonna Mahomes do? still like did Mahomes shit. I mean, he was running for his life the entire game, but like, I, I don't understand why they they didn't really adjust. Like, I thought that maybe Andy Reid was distracted by the fact that his son might be doing some time. Um, no, uh, Andy Reid has proven time and time again that he doesn't give a shit about his kids because <laughs> one is dead and the other one, I believe, uh, what? No, they're both. Are they both dead? I think he has two other dead kids. One was like just found in a river and the other one OD'd or is a junkie and is going to die. He's a terrible father. Great football coach. Terrible father. I mean, you, you can't necessarily blame drug addiction on on the parent. These things happen in this day and age. Yeah, um, but uh, like it was kind of Andy Reid just being like, I don't give a shit about my kids. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're really reaching that. No, look it up. Look it up. I, I don't is, know. The is there story. evidence of him being a terrible, neglectful father? Or? Yes. Google it. Just Okay. I'll hey, Google Siri, it. is Andy Reid a shitty dad? <laughs> There's going to be tons of articles come up. <laughs> Why do you think they kept Tyreek Hill? They're like, you know what? 
I can relate to this guy, you know? Yeah, he he was a, a monster, that fucking dude. He was beating up on his pregnant girlfriend. Um, so he's a real piece of shit. I, I don't I don't root for him. I thought that what uh, Antoine Winfield did to him was great. I, I anybody who thought that that was crossing the line can fuck off. I, I thought Winfield throwing the the peace sign up right in his face at the, the game was locked up was great. I like that kid a lot. Yeah, um, I, he was the he was um, one of my uh, we should draft this guy yeah, list last year because um, he was he was going to be floating around there at that second round. But we took Del Pitt and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who fell first, but I know I remember Winfield was right there at that end of first, early second round grade last year. So yeah, and I, I think he did get picked up real early in the second round. I cause, and we I know we took Delpit later, and I think we I can't remember. Did we do some trading back? I think we did for with the Delpit pick. I don't remember. No, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I I'm still excited about Delpit. I like that dude. I remember seeing. Before that, that last college season started, that like Delpit was looked at as like a top ten pick, and yeah. just didn't do himself any favors. But Greedy Williams was kind of the same way, uh, and and he hasn't amounted to shit. So I, I I'm not in the camp of like pick a safety high or or pay a, a free agent safety. I I would I you know I'd entertain Marcus May or you know um, what was his name was it Anthony, Anthony Harris. Harris. Um, I, I'd entertain the notion, but like, I, I'm pretty excited about Ronnie Harrison and, and the prospect of Grant Delpit and seeing what we got there. I'm far more like, I, I doubt we're going to pay Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, I'd imagine Larry Ogunjobi is going to ask for some, some cash and I wouldn't pay him anything more than just a couple mil. I thought he was real average at best. Yeah. Well, flashes that- of dominance. Well, we got who was the guy that held out uh, the season? Uh, that was from Cincinnati on the defensive uh, Billings. Line. Yeah, we got him coming in. We, you know, there's going to well, be going to be. He's more of a run stuffer. He's not going to be a an every down kind of defensive tackle. He oh, can't okay. really rush too well. Okay, fair. What about Richard Sherman? CJ McCollum's out there telling Richard Sherman to come to Cleveland, and uh, you know, obviously it's going to come down to the front office. But what do you what do you think about adding a, a veteran i don't see it's the browns doing something like that but the windows now i think we talked about this a little bit but richard sherman uh that player individually what do you think about adding him and like play safety or just you know he's not going to be the number one but he had five year five games i think last year or this year and then the year before that like he was he was a pro bowler in 2019 yeah, yeah um i i don't hate the idea of richard sherman i know he wants to go somewhere play two years and retire um, I, I think, that I, I think that he could be a guy that could give some, some guidance and, uh, be more of like a, you know, the locker room kind of leader of the defense, which as I said last time, I think we need uh, him or JJ Watt. I think a guy like that, somebody who has uh, had a lot of success in this league is a veteran looking to make waves still, um, you know, change the scenery. I, I wouldn't hate the idea. Plus him, he said he wanted to play with, you know, Joe Woods again. So, I guess it depends on how much he wants and see if they'd be a good fit, but we need something. We, we need to find a, a, a nice veteran piece for that defense. I think I, I agree with you. I would love nothing more than to have Richard Sherman dude. When he was trash talking Crabtree, that was 
fucking unbelievable. I was just like, I'm instantly a fan of this guy and will be for the rest <laughs> of his career. I like was I thought that the the energy he brought to that conversation was wildly uncomfortable. Oh, like, it, it was, was just so weird. It was so weird. I didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, I have no problem with like the the idea of of trash talking a wide receiver after the game, but like somebody just puts a microphone in his face and like his the level of of the level he was on at right at that point was like a very uncomfortable. It, it was not a smooth trash talking type of thing it was just like way too fucking spastic oh it it was just weird to me yeah because she was very just kind of like so richard you had a good game he's like fuck crabtree thinks he can guard people don't you ever put talk about me (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) dude go ahead say crabtree sucks rub it in their faces i'm down but like this is this isn't cool. This is, was, you, you don't come off as cool right now. I loved it. I was like, this guy is just fired up. It was just, <laughs> I was like, instantly, I'm, I'm a huge fan. So, uh, uh, we'll see. I I thought Jason Malaterno said it really well after that game. Uh, Jason Malaterno is so fucking funny, comedian out of Youngstown. He uh, had had put on Facebook that this year's Browns was like the '94 Indians, who were like a hundred game winners in 94 in the short, uh, the strike shortened season. And they were just kind of an out of nowhere would have made waves, but everything was shortened up. Um, and then the next year is when they added the, the final pieces to make them like the legendary 95 Indians. So he's like, we just need to find our oral Hershiser. That's I'd say JJ water. Richard Sherman would be a good candidate for that. And then what? So we can lose in the super bowl. I would love to get to the fucking Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> if we lose or, or or win, whatever, just get to the goddamn Super Bowl. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, that means that we would. That means we would witness the victory in an AFC Championship game. Our franchise has never even been to a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I hear it's. Don't get me wrong. Like I want to go to the Super Bowl, but man, just if we want to make them the '95 Indians. You know how the story ends. Can you deal with getting there? And then just, I mean, would that be the biggest Cleveland heartbreak? Would that We'll if we them. hang around for a few years, because the Indians did. The Indians were a serious contender until the early 2000s. Like, 94 to the early 2000s, the Indians were contenders. Now, yeah, they only made it to the World Series twice, but, like, had a lot of firepower, were very entertaining, well-thought-of organization. It's, st- like, for a long time there. If, if the Browns can become that, absolutely. Give me that. I, whether or not we actually make it to the promised land and win the championship, like, yes, I very much want that. But I would far prefer like would you let's ask this would you prefer to have one season where we sell out win a super bowl and then go right back to being what we were for another 20 fucking years or would you rather have like seven solid years of making a couple super bowls making a couple afc championship um appearances never winning but like seven years of really top-notch organization football. Which one would you prefer? Uh, probably the Super Bowl. Probably the Super Bowl. You go back to 20 years of shittiness for a Super for Bowl? For one? For one? Like, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll be on my deathbed. And, uh, well, I'll probably be, I'll probably die on a toilet, but. I'll never forget that Cavs parade, like, and just like every moment, uh, 
of that game, like where I was at, what I was doing. And the Cavs, they're probably going to be shit for another 20 years. But I wouldn't trade that for the world, I don't think. I mean, now, I mean, the Cavs are awful, and I'm just like, eh, they're not the Browns. I, I don't know. I, what happens after that seven years? Are they shit again? You know what I mean? Like seven years of never getting there, you know, or one Super Bowl, the parade, you know, I mean. Now with the Cavs, it, it was four years of, of finals appearances. We went to the to four straight finals. Yeah, yeah you're losing right. was bad, but like if it was just 2016 and then go, going back to the old Cavs for, for like, I mean, even if it, it was 10 years. That fucking blows. It is like even now the Cavs are still very difficult to watch. Well, I mean, it's a different watch. They're not they're not the the powerhouse that they were, but it's like eh, we're rebuilding and there's you know glimpse here and there, but you, the expectation is low. Um, I don't know. It just maybe it's kind of like a prison mentality, like you break out and you're like, I already did 20 years. What's another fucking 20 years. You know what I mean? I can do 20 years standing on my head. Give me that fucking sweet ass super bowl. Let, let me get that one year of magic. I think, I think I'm taking it. I think based on what we've, we've witnessed this year was a whole bunch of magic. And if we went even imagine getting two more wins than we got this year, if we went two two rounds further, than we did this year. That would be phenomenal. And if you could give me that kind of sustained or close to that for about seven years, I, I personally, yes, I would take that over one Super Bowl and then absolute shittiness. But those always end in heartbreak. I mean, because you're always going to be just at the end of the year. You, It's going to be nice for this year. Hey, we beat the Steelers. We made the playoffs. We can hang our hats on it this year. But three years from now, we're going to be tapping our foot going, what the fuck? You know, you think the fourth time the Bills went to the Super Bowl, they were just like, yeah, we're happy to be here. No, they were probably breaking stuff, and that's why their fans fucking head dive through goddamn folding tables now because they're just <laughs> crazy. I, I just, I don't know. I would take the if, Super Bowl. I mean, if we had been a middle-of-the-pack team th this entire way, maybe I'd feel that way. But after being bottom of the barrel for so fucking long, I'm done with that. I, I am done going into each week during the regular season and assuming we're going to lose. I am done with n not seeing my team in the playoffs ever and, 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 and feeling by October that we don't have a shot. If we can stay a contender at least for that amount of time, I, I, I will take that. I will take entertaining football year after year and, and hope over one and done and just going to, to absolute shittiness. I, I'd rather keep sustained success. Just give me entertaining football. That's all I want. I mean, I, I understand your, your point of view. Don't get me wrong, but I just to live that parade and just like that moment of euphoria when like the clock strikes zero and it's like the Browns are the Super Bowl champions. Like that, that would just be, uh, that would be something. I don't. I don't know. I would trade. I would trade. I would go to. I would go to prison for, for it. Probably. I would just. You know. I mean. There's. If they were like, you need to kill somebody for the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Like I would. I wouldn't say I would do it, but I would entertain it, depending on what the crime was. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's murder. It's murder. <laughs> but who is that's it what you just said? If I had to kill somebody. Well, yeah, but who who am I murdering? Am I murdering a baby? 
or am I murdering just like a random person? Because if it's a random person, I I don't even know if I'm capable of murder. I might show up and just be like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's like, I'm Jeffrey Epstein. I escaped. And I'm like, I still can't kill you. You know, we all thought you were already dead. We'll get you, you know? some cocaine. We'll get you some scotch and we'll, we'll play some, some heavy metal for you. I'm sure you can kill somebody too fat for Coke, man. I too fat for Coke. <laughs> Maybe just some five hour energies. I don't know, you know, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> too fat for Coke. I know. What I you, like, you don't think that's took, a thing? Harley and Belushi. No, no, it's a thing. Yeah, a yeah, thing. yeah. Too fat for Coke for sure. I I don't I get nervous drinking too much coffee some days. I'm just like, is this do you? Not really. No, that was a joke. But <laughs> some people are like that. I I personally my my caffeine tolerance is through the roof. I can drink a monster and be in bed by within an hour. Yeah, I can take an I can sleep after coffee. I don't drink a lot of soda or pop, excuse me. It's Ohio. I don't drink a lot of pop, but like coffee and tea, that's that's my jam. Yeah, you're out, you're off the booze and onto the five dollar teas. I remember you saying that last week. Oh yeah, dude, I'm a fancy boy now. I, I've, I've been drinking those Zevias. That's my shit now. Zevias? Yeah, it's it's like uh it's stevia sweetened pop. Uh and some of them are pretty damn good. They're expensive, but they're good. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to mm-hmm. check it. Um yeah, I got a, I got my first uh, round of the uh, microchip shot. Uh, Ooh, I just, Bill Gates owns that ass. Oh, dude, I I just was like, what? You about and, to be a walking Microsoft Surface, dude? I I cannot wait. I cannot wait to be the cyborg. I mean, it's just going to be sweet, man. Fuck yeah! I give me the shot. I've been I've been screaming for it since day one. Give it to me. I want it. Yeah, I wanna, wants to give it to me. I want to climb on the walls like Spider Man and just like shoot fucking lasers out of my eyes. Like, give me all of it, dude. I don't, I don't care. Uh, no, so I felt nothing, like no side effects or anything. Uh, so for people wondering, like, should I get it? Is it going to make me sick? No, I, I'm a pretty unhealthy person, and I was completely fine. So, aren't you worried about being tracked? You, uh-huh. you carry a tracking device in your fucking pocket every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and taking pictures of everything yeah it's no i you know whatever it, it, my wife's taking it so if we're both gonna grow fucking arms out of our foreheads so be it you know we're gonna we're gonna do it together so fuck yeah it's romantic um do you want to get onto this uh pro football focus list we can get on the pro, pro football focus list there there was one glaring omission as as you had noticed um Pro Football Focus released their uh, what is it top one hundred and one one hundred one. Um, it's out there. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. A very encouraging amount of Cleveland Browns on the list. It was uh the the, the top rated one was Wyatt Teller, which we stroked him pretty pretty good this year. Um, I'm not surprised. We did. You know he, how how much higher he would have been if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, I mean he had the injury problems, but he also, I mean, like I, we we said it, he he would look so good and he's such a good run blocker. But then he would just get like a one on one pass rush situation where he would get his ass beat, like per game. It seemed like very very good. Still somehow room for improvement. Ranked as the top guard, he's ahead of Quentin Nelson by several spots, and it's awesome to have him. I I do love the guy. 
naturally, he was not the only Cleveland Browns offensive lineman. As a matter, matter of fact, uh, out of the top 101 players in all of football at all positions, only one of our offensive linemen did not make the list. That's impressive. that's fucking amazing. I and that was um, our rookie. That was our rookie left tackle, who very well could be there next year, depending on the off season. Absolutely. I, I'm hoping that he stays committed and doesn't get distracted, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who wouldn't. But also, I didn't think Baker Mayfield would be that. Baker Mayfield was that big time last year. So we, we need a big offseason out of Baker Mayfield. He cannot, uh, you know, just sit back and enjoy what, what this season was. Baker Mayfield, I, I hope he stays hungry. Um, as far as Cleveland Browns on the list, uh, Baker was on it as well. Uh, the top-ranked guy, as I said, is Wyatt Teller. He wasn't the top-ranked offensive lineman, but I think he was number two. They had um, Trent Williams as number one. He was at 11 overall. Uh, I was surprised at that. And he was a guy that the Browns were looking at, but I, I personally didn't think that the price tag was worth it for a guy with a bunch of injury issues that hadn't played in a while, but apparently he had a real dominant season. Wyatt Teller showed up at 18. That's That's huge. And then next Cleveland Brown on the list. Uh, let's see. It was uh, Miles Garrett, I believe. Yes. Miles showed up at, he showed up behind Chase Young, even. Um, Miles showed up at 43. And they did mention like injury robbed us of, of you know, his truly dominant season. Uh, it doesn't mention COVID, but I, I'm certainly willing to chalk up the drop in performance to to COVID. Um, I'd love I'd love to see that guy hit 20 sacks in a year. I think he's got it in him. Absolutely, he's shown two seasons in a row now that at the halfway mark that he's uh, been capable. He's been nine, ten sacks at the halfway mark the past two years. He's just got to put it together for a full season, whether it be um, COVID, whether it be uh, injury. He's had some ankle problems in the past, or him smashing his helmet <laughs> into a backup quarterback skull. <laughs> um, he, he's got to put a full season together. We, we need to see it for Miles Garrett. But then, right after Miles, two spots down, we got our boy Baker Mayfield. What I was trying to look to see what. So we have Josh Allen uh, was above him. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady was above them. Uh, they had Mahomes. I was shocked at this. Pro and again, Pro Football Focus is not the end all be all, but Mahomes was seventh overall. Deshaun Watson was six. Tom Brady was four. Aaron Rodgers was two. Aaron Donald was the number one overall player, even though people were screaming because he got the Defensive Player of the Year over T.J. Watt, and people like social media was ablaze with with people saying that he got robbed i saw some different shit about reverse racism you fucking morons um <laughs> it's because they play different different positions aaron aaron donald sacks are far more impressive as an interior defensive lineman as opposed to a rush outside linebacker it, it's it's very simple aaron donald is a game record tj watt is very very good i have been saying for years i personally think he's better than miles garrett um not by much, and I think that it it became closer this year for that first half. But like Aaron Donald is still the end all be all when it comes to a defensive player in the NFL. 
Yeah, it just he's being inside like that. It's just there's nobody like him. No, you're you're not on an island. You're not bending a corner. You're not your double teams aren't involving a fucking tight end. You're not getting chipped as a double team by a tight end who's going to hit you and then run a route. You are you have two to three actual offensive linemen when you're getting double and triple teamed. It's it's a center guard, possibly even a tackle at times that Aaron Donald, you, you see him running through. Um, so it, it is different than what TJ Watt faces. And I, I did see, you know, the, a lot of guys do the, these, you know, next gen uh, film breakdowns. And as far as um, like quality sacks and quality pressures, Miles Garrett was actually number one. Uh, TJ Watt had very few quality sacks, meaning most of his came when he was one-on-one or a lot of times fully unblocked by the, the different schemes and games that they play up front with the Steelers. He has some, some phenomenal pieces up front that eat up blockers and free him up in Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hayward, uh, even Tyson Aluwalu. They, they have really good guys up front and that's the, the Steelers scheme. Like they're smarter about things than a lot of defenses and freeing up their linebackers to make the plays is what they want to do. So TJ Watt does benefit off that. Um, Baker comes in at eighth, the eighth overall quarterback, which is right where you know we were kind of talking about him all year. Uh, I I mean he he might even be higher. Like his, his what other quarterback had significant changes? Josh Allen has had nothing but continuity. He's been in that McDermott system, and they've been grooming him this entire time. Baker's on his fourth fucking offense in three years. You know, I they got uh what's his face? Tannehill's above him. Uh I'd probably take Baker. Tannehill had a really good year. Uh I mean they got similar setups, but uh, you know, in two years from now, I don't even think it'll be a question who's the better quarterback. Absolutely. So, um I'm happy. I mean, it's just all happy. So do, who else? So we got through Baker. So like right in that, that, that area of the, uh, the, the forties, like you had miles at, at 43, you have, let's see, I scrolled too far. Uh, miles at 43, Baker at 45 and then Joel Batonio at 46. So Joel Batonio, the model of consistency for, for his whole career. Um, he, I'm very glad to see him actually get his due. He's been a great guard in this league since day one. Uh, you know, a, a guy that they is so hard not to like. I mean, his story, I remember hearing about his dad who had died a little bit ago, had fucking to help the family out and to get a little extra money, actually fought in a UFC match. And like, have, have you ever saw the the fight that his his dad was in in like the early no rules UFC? No. Take a look at that. I highly recommend it. He fought this dude that was like 6'3", 260, a pure muscle. His dad was like 6'2", 210 maybe. Not much muscle, but kind of more of a jujitsu guy. And he took a fucking beating for like 11 minutes straight. Like they, they didn't really used to do rounds in the UFC. Oh. A fight. No weight classes, no rounds. You could do everything but eye gouge and I think headbutt. Uh, you could do small joint manipulation. You can grab fingers and try and snap them. You could do most shit. And his dad, like, to try and help the family out when they were low on cash, like, actually fought in one, fought this giant monster. And that's the kind of stock Joel Batonio comes from. I've been a fan of his since we drafted. I love it. I, I've never, I don't know how I've missed that story. I'd never heard that before. 
Yeah, it's it's great. I I and he was a, a guy with a whole bunch of versatility. When we were wondering how to solve the left tackle problem, and they were thinking about bumping him over, I was excited because he had played tackle in college. He played all over, and then everybody was like, "No, he can't do that. He's a guard." And I was like, "I, I want to fucking see it." Yeah, <laughs> I'd right. Love to, I'd love to see it. Let's see who else we got on this list. We got several more Browns. Jarvis came in at fifty-eight. Love it. Jar- Jarvis didn't have a touchdown for like the first full half of the goddamn season. They got him at number 58. And I mean, just to put it in perspective, guys around Jarvis receivers, Keenan Allen, who like was having a great year. You know, you hear Calvin Ridley. If you played fantasy, like Calvin Ridley was huge. Those guys were just two spots ahead of Jarvis. So Cameron Jordan was right behind Jarvis. Um, completely different position, but just guys of that, that uh, you know, caliber. Yes. I mean, it, it was... Fantastic to see this says that uh, generated a 105.6 passer rating for Baker Mayfield when targeted. Um, it, it was great to see Jarvis do what he did. And I looked up what Jarvis's 40 time was coming out of college. 477. Molasses. For a wide receiver, molasses. And th- this guy has continued to be, I think he's got five Pro Bowls under his belt at this point. Um just people, I, I that was another thing on Sports Talk Radio. People talk about moving on from Jarvis. Fuck off. He he's really the catalyst that started this culture change. I mean, we got him, and it was just he's in there. You know, you saw in that hard knocks, like he's basically in there just yelling at everybody, like get your shit together. And a lot of those guys aren't here anymore. There's a reason why because it's they didn't react well. So, um, yep. And fuck uh, up. Get him out of here. Couple spots down from Jarvis at number sixty-two, Jack Conklin. He was our our big splashy pick. I mean, that kid was all pro as a rookie. When he came out of Michigan State, he was all pro as a rookie. He was as well thought of as it gets. He had some injury issues. He had kind of a down year, and then we got Jack Conklin just about back to his his prime years, and it it was fantastic to see. I think Bill Callahan is. Probably the biggest thing we did last offseason is him and Stefanski. Stefanski, number one, Callahan, number two. Yeah, all the, like you said, everybody's on there except for our rookie left tackle, and he he was pretty good this year. Conklin's up. I mean, he first year in Cleveland. Last year's 2019 ranking, he was 81. So he jumped 20 spots being in Cleveland, and he's the third best lineman uh, on the list. So um, super impressive. Super impressive. Going down, you got to go down a little bit further to find the fourth offensive lineman at number 80, J.C. Treader. Uh, this was a guy who was like a backup in Green Bay when when we signed him. He, he ended up playing a little bit in, uh, in relief after there were injuries in Green Bay, and, and we ended up picking him up, and he's been great since we got him. Uh, high character guy, head of the Players Association. Um and he just, he, he was another great member, the fourth offensive lineman on this, this top 101 players in the NFL. Fucking love to see it. Yeah, and then, I mean, the list rounds out, and uh, that's it for your Cleveland Browns. It's a lot of Cleveland Browns, but there is one glaring omission, and it is one Nicholas Chubb. Uh, arguably, would you say he's our best player? I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's 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 definitely not out of the question to think that, but uh, I mean, there's David a- Montgomery's on this list. David Montgomery is not fucking better than Nick Chubb. 
Well, I mean, you got to look at, I mean, well, he was out for what? Five games. I think four. And then the carry split with Kareem hunt. And then there was just games where it was like, why aren't we going to him again? You know what I mean? I still, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't see the grade. I, they, they had him graded as the best running back after last season. He, yeah. he was ahead of Christian McCaffrey after last season, according to pro football focus. I'm shocked. Kamara is down at 74. Um, let's see who else is on this list. Tristan Worf's rookie tackle made it to 69. Nice. <laughs> that Marcus may is uh 67. Again, he'd be a nice addition if we could get him. We don't believe in Delpit. Um, it, this list is, it's promising. It, it It's exciting to be a, a Browns fan and especially somebody who loves offensive linemen. Seeing four out of five is just fucking great. It, it's, it's so much fun. I'm very pumped about this team, very pumped about where things are going. And uh, I think we're going to, we're going to make a splash in some way, shape or form in trades and free agency to, to get ourselves to the next level. Do you know off the top of your head when, when those open, when does free agency open? When is it? I think the league year starts early March, maybe. Yeah. I think so. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was going to mark it on the calendar, but no. I'd love to see one of those trades, one of those, you know, trade a fifth round pick and get a Calais Campbell, trade a third round pick, get Jarvis Landry. One of those kinds of moves. I would just love it. Hopefully it's JJ Watt. Is that that the guy you want is JJ Watt? I'd love to see. I, I've told you. I, I think, it, in my opinion, the the biggest need to fill this year is going to be across the defensive line, especially as there's no way we're going to pay Olivier Vernon, and there's really it's hard to count on him with his history of injuries. And then I'd be shocked if they paid Larry Ogunjobi, but even if they did, I don't think that he's necessarily up to snuff. I like. I think that we got a pretty big hole at defensive tackle if we keep him and. Sheldon Richardson as our, our two tackles. I think between them, you need uh, another piece and you can rotate the three of them, but just the two of them isn't enough. And I don't know if Billings is enough either, but if you bring in a JJ Watt and that other end spot is, is solidified and possibly those guys are a little bit um, more motivated and uh, better leadership with the JJ Watt, you might be able to get more out of those guys. So I, I don't know. Well, and it'd be better by proxy too, on like say like a pass rush because you know JJ Watt's going to demand so much, and so is Garrett. So that kind of if frees- he can stay healthy, that that's what I would be nervous about with JJ Watt. Sure, healthy. sure. I mean, yeah, it's he's getting up there, but you know the locker room stuff alone, he's he's worth having him there. You know, yeah, he's going to hold you accountable, and he's going to know when you're dogging it. You know, you know he you're not going to want to look like shit in front of him. And even Miles Garrett, I mean, they're going to have to get into a big dick pissing match too if he's here. You know, they're going to have to see who's better. And uh, which, I mean, when they brought in Jadavion Clowney, him and him and JJ Watt had that, and it was definitely JJ Watt. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we we do make some splashes, and I, I wouldn't be I'd be surprised if we don't do something. I'd be pretty shocked. Yeah, it, it, that you can't really blame the Browns for sitting back and not trying in free agency and trades every year, even as they were absolutely shitty over the years. They, they always did something that as a fan base, we were all like, this makes sense. This is awesome. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And it just never, never ended up panning out. You, 
what was who else did we bring in that one year with like LeCharles Bentley? I remember that year. It was like Bentley, Joe Jurovicious. It was an amazing free agent class. And then just dog shit. Bentley never played, got hurt. And then like 80 staff infections right away because apparently everything in the Browns training facility was filthy, um, covered in some sort of crazy bacteria that tried to murder him. Didn't we didn't we trade? Uh, who did we trade? We traded a center uh, out of Notre Dame. Didn't we trade? Uh, we drafted Jeff Fain. Jeff Fain, yeah, who had a pretty good career. It would have been nice to have him. Charles, man, I was stoked when we signed him because he's a Buckeye to boot. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and everybody's like, we need to get more Ohio State guys, and he was it. Like that was the start, and then just super busted up here. It sucks. I felt terrible for him because he's from Cleveland too. You know, it was just like yeah, it all lined up, and then it was just. Completely. I always want to see the guys with the, I mean, yes, like Ohio state homers bother me, but like at the same time, me being a Cleveland Homer, I'm like that with, with, with local products or people with ties. Like I love the Kareem hunt signing for that reason. I wanted to see like, you know, at some point I'd love to see Ted Ginn just play like one year at the end of his career here. When he's 60, um, <laughs> when he's 60, I would have loved to have seen like clay Matthews this past year. I think that would have been a, a fantastic signing as he just kind of sat in free agency the entire year. Yeah, what what, what was with that? I don't know. I really don't. I, I don't know how he would have fared within our, our defensive system and the way that we went. I, he could have been a, a liability with how much we asked linebackers to cover. I don't know. It just would have been fun. It's, it's not really necessarily sure. a logical desire. It's it's more of a an emotional one. Dante Whitner came back. Uh He's a Cleveland guy. Always rooting for him. Hitner, Dante Hitner. Hitner, yeah, dude. My uh, neighbor uh, in the dorms was friends with him growing up, uh, both from Glenville, and uh, he got to go to their draft party in Cleveland. He was, I was trying to hitch in and get a ride, but uh, I just, <laughs> you know, I wasn't invited to the barbecue. So, uh, but it was been a blast, dude. I I was very happy when uh, he got drafted so high, and then he came to Cleveland and sucked. And I was disappointed, but you know, he was at home. He was just hanging out, collecting a check. I don't blame him. You know? Yeah. I clay Matthews was a goddamn beast for, for the Packers. I, I, I don't know in our defense, how he, if he would have just been like a, even a defensive end, if they could have tried him out there as like a rush defensive end. I'm curious as to how much he would have been asking to play a year, but I think, you know, he would have, enjoyed playing for his dad's old team. I mean, Clay Matthews is a legend here. Yeah, but apparently not in the NFL. Uh, yeah, that, that can lead. That's a good segue right Segway, there. Segway, boy. Blah, 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 blah. Seamless. Dude, seamless. No, we got an email uh, and uh, talking about the Hall of Fame class, and Clay Matthews didn't get in. It was his last year. Um, he got snubbed. Um, they were saying uh, the emailer asked us about Megatron getting in. Uh, he didn't play very long, uh, so his numbers aren't there. He was a monster when he played, but he was a first ballot, and guys like uh, Tim Brown, Chris Carter, and Marvin Harrison were not first ballot. So let's talk about the Hall of Fame. First of all, Clay Matthews not getting it obviously sucks. I mean, I don't remember him as much because I was such a child, but anytime that we get a chance to put a Brown in Canton, I mean, I don't remember – has anybody even gotten in? Who's the most recent Brown to get into the Hall of Fame? I think it was Gene Hickerson. That long ago. That's insane. 
there might have been like an, a random old timey guy that I'm not familiar with that, that got in since, but not in my adult lifetime to where I'm going to be like, let's go to the Hall of Fame ceremony, you know? Yeah, it's it's been a while, and, and like I, I don't think Bernie will ever, <laughs> Bernie will never get in. He didn't have the uh, the kind of career that would warrant that, uh, like the longevity, I guess. Um, we got Joe Thomas coming up in a few years. He'll be first ballot. He absolutely, yeah. Joe Thomas will absolutely be first ballot. But other than that, nobody. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been stagnant. So it sucks. We had a chance to get a guy uh, on the bright side. The ceremony probably would have been just locked down and sucked because COVID. So we really couldn't shell out. But when, when Joe Thomas gets into Canton, holy shit. That's going to be the place to be, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. But... <laughs> I, I I I can't wait to see the Browns fans turn out for Joe Thomas getting in. He's such a goofy dude. I think his speech is going to be hilarious. Do you uh do you not do the big crowds regardless? I did uh I did the 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 Cavs parade, but like other than that, I, I I'm not a big fan. Oh, I don't blame you, teach your own. See, I'll I'll go down there and kind of putts around a little bit it's just uh, get drunk and punch stuff yeah well i'm not gonna punch anything i'll be happy you know it'll be it'll be tears of joy i I like tears of joy better um i don't need to punch stuff i don't punch stuff anymore um we'll see about that yeah right let's just i hope canton gets their shit together because they keep trying to remodel and they stop and start down there let's get it done for joe thomas getting in um but to go back to the megatron thing him being first ballot over guys like a Tim Brown or Chris Carter or uh, Marvin Harrison. Uh, Marvin Harrison. Did you ever read that that article about like Marvin Harrison possibly being tied to murders and shit? Oh yeah, it was like over like his like car wash he was laundering money through. Dude, like Marvin Harrison is he he's, he when you look at him, he looks like such an unassuming kind of guy. He was always quiet like a Nick Chubb almost. Yeah, he never and- talked. And then it's like you read this one article where he's just like firing bullets into the street, like a stray one hit somebody. And he's got these crazy like Belgian guns that were like custom made where they're like the bullets are clearly for that. Somehow he got out of it. But like this article painted him as pretty much being like if Denzel Washington in training day wasn't a cop and just like, you know, some dude who ran the streets of Philadelphia. He he seems like a wild fucking dude. So I don't know if maybe that shit affected Marvin Harrison, but him, he should have absolutely, he's got rings. He had success. Um, he should have been first ballot. Chris Carter, probably. Um, Tim Brown was good, but I, I don't know. Was he better than Megatron? I mean, he's up there, up there on the yardage list. All three of those guys are way high on the all-time yardage list, and that Megatron's not, but he was first ballot. Uh, dude, Marvin Harrison. You know who he reminds me of? Is you remember that? Was it Chappelle show? The sketch where it's Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. Hell yeah, dude. That's exactly like everybody's just like this unassuming guy that it's like he's pulling up in a fucking Escalade. Like I'm Marvin Harrison, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, Tim Brown did play a long career. Um. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand yard receiving years in a row. Yeah, that's impressive. So yeah, I, I guess Megatron, just the the freak athlete in him, is what 
had to have propelled him to the top. He was just such a physical oddity being that big and fast and was like his years of domination were, were far more dominant than any of those other guys on the list. Um, except for maybe Marvin Harrison, but I don't know. Marvin Harrison didn't dominate like fucking Calvin Johnson. There were years where he was top dog. I mean, you know, Calvin Johnson would like, you know, visibly bitch dudes, but, um, let's see Marvin Harrison's numbers. He, he was the top receiver for, for years, uh, in, in a, a team that was, considered to be one of the best in football. I mean, the Colts in those years were, were right up there with the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning is arguably, you know, now I guess you're going to say Tom Brady's number one, but Peyton Manning... I have be been too. for a few years saying Tom Brady's number one. It's so hard to disagree. The guy's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, <laughs> I've i seen an argument that says if you root for Tom Brady, he's he's a, you're, you're a white supremacist. And I'm just like, <laughs> shut up, man. It's just all football, man. It's all football. But yeah, I mean Peyton Manning's number one all-time receiver. I mean, it's, hey, in two thousand two, seventeen hundred yards, and two thousand one, fifteen hundred yards, two thousand fourteen hundred, nineteen ninety-nine, sixteen hundred, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, eleven touchdowns, um, fifteen touchdowns in two thousand four. Like Marvin Harrison, he's up there. He's really up there. So maybe him. Uh, firing strays into the streets of Philadelphia stopped him from being a first ballot guy. Let me ask but, you, if you had a pick between those four guys, Chris Carter, Tim Brown, Marvin Harrison, Calvin Johnson, who are you taking? Calvin Johnson? Yeah, me too. Me too. And that's probably why Calvin Johnson was the number one. I mean, Calvin Johnson, it's insane how much talent Detroit has squandered. They had the best maybe running back of all time you think Calvin yeah. Johnson, if they put a team around him, I, I don't know if a receiver definitely wins you a title, but he's definitely up there. They were a high-powered offense for years. Yeah, dude. I mean, Matt Stafford, they just put a haul in for him. It's not like he had a slub quarterback. They just couldn't stop anybody on the other side of the football. I mean, that was kind of the other problem with the earlier lines. If I remember, I was a child, but their defense sucked too. They went for years with fucking Theo Riddick getting a whole bunch of touches. Uh, they, they tried a bunch of different running back situations. Even now, it's like, you know, DeAndre Swift and Carrion Johnson. Like, who's who's the guy? Like, they haven't had a consistent run game in a while. Since Barry Sanders. Like, who, who's been a good running back in Detroit since Barry Sanders? I mean, I think that's it. Like, I, I can't remember anybody that was like a good running back in Detroit. Um, certain people had okay years, but I, I, I can't remember like a a guy you can really hang your hat on. Yeah, I cannot either. But they squandered him away. But what a great talent! Um, all those guys were good. Chris Carter was a beast too. I mean. So is Tim Brown. So I don't think it's like that big of a deal that he got in first ballot and those guys didn't. It's just if Calvin Johnson would have played another, what, seven, eight, nine years, because how long did all those guys play? 15? He, he probably would have surpassed all of them. I mean, as far as numbers goes, maybe not. I don't know. Those Marvin Harrison numbers are insane. 
Yes. Marv, Marvin Harrison's numbers were, were crazy. I didn't realize um, there were that many yards. Yes. 14,580 career yards, 128 touchdowns in 12 years. Yeah, what am I saying? He's going to play nine, ten more years. I mean, it, w- within his career, he averaged over 10, 10 touchdowns a season. What did, what did uh, Megatron play? Eight years? Seven years? Nine. Nine? Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison only played three more years in him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I Yeah, Marvin Harrison popping off guns is the only reason that he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's... That would be my guess. I mean, uh, Reggie Wayne they, they still hasn't gotten into the... Uh, the Hall of Fame, I I, th- I think he certainly will. As far as Calvin Johnson goes, um, he he had like that nineteen hundred yard season. He had a sixteen hundred yard season, but eighty three touchdowns in nine years. That's that's good. I mean, he had a year of sixteen, which is crazy. That year with with uh, with nineteen hundred yards, he only had five touchdowns that year. How the fuck does that happen? That's some Julio Jones kind of shit. That's nuts. Well, let's let's keep this moving. We could probably look at stats and talk about these guys all night, but uh, we got our our uh, little. Quote. I am shocked that that this podcast, as we like today, we're texting back and forth. Like, what the fuck do we talk about? We've knocked out an hour pretty easy. We 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 went Browns and just football heavy. That's uh, our bread and butter. Uh, no surprise that 101 list was good, and you know we kind of got into it up front with some more stuff we didn't expect. So, um, some other stuff that we probably could have spent some more time on our uh, top five uh, best and worst Super Bowl halftime shows. First of all, what did you think of the weekend, Brian? I, <laughs> you were absolutely right. I, uh, I did know m- many more weekend songs than I, I had thought, but I also was under the impression that like most of them were the same song. It seems like his music kind of sounds real similar. Um, maybe that's just me, but like, I, yeah, I knew most of those songs and I didn't think it was as bad as people thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't see the extra $7 million of production value that he apparently poured into it, strangely enough. Um, overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. What'd yeah, you think? yeah, it wasn't bad. People were mad. I don't know that he didn't dance more. And, you know, because... Who cares? Yeah. Other I, people dance. Why you need him to dance? Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't really care that much. It's just, you know... Super Bowl, it wasn't up to par of the the people who watched the Super Bowl for the fucking Super Bowl halftime show. And uh, let's be honest, it wasn't for the fucking guys. We wouldn't have a Super Bowl halftime show out there playing. So I, I really don't care about it, but, you know, some people do. My wife had a lot of input uh, knowing that we were going to do this, so she's probably going to have a bunch of shit to talk to me once she <laughs> listens to this episode. She, we've already been talking cash shit to each other, but um, my marriage, my marriage is important to me, so I won't bring up any of those things uh, over the podcast. Um, but number five, uh, let's go, um, let's go worst. Uh, number five, I got the Katy Perry year. Um, I just thought it sucks. I think Katy Perry sucks in general. She had those dancing uh, sharks out there. It was cheeky. I don't know. Maybe kids liked it. Missy Elliott came out that year, which was kind of cool. That was kind of her reemergence. Um, but all in all, I was pretty bored with that. So 
Did you did you do a worst best worst list? I mean, we've kind I'm of do this on the fly. All I'm right, do this on the fly. Cool. <laughs> I I actually gave it thought, but didn't sit down and rank them. So I kind of have a vague idea in my head, and I'm looking at like a a vulture list of what their opinion is on the best and worst. So I'm gonna just kind of rank them. Uh, I number five. I am going to say um, on the worst, we're gonna go with the Rolling Stones. They just they were just way too old. They only played three songs. I remember hating it. And like one of the songs wasn't even a classic. It was like off their, their new album of like, you know, Rolling Stones keep coming out with new shit that nobody cares about. And they, one of their three songs was one of those. So I'm going to say Rolling Stones at five worst. I uh, saw the Rolling Stones on their last tour. They did like, they came to Ohio state uh, stadium, Ohio stadium. And we were so far back. It just looked like Mick Jagger was a, uh, you know, a string puppet or whatever that, with the fucking hand thing. I was just like, what are these guys doing? But he was still out there, like killing it. Yeah. The time. I was like, he goes for is it. this a body double or what? But yeah, that one did suck. Uh, number four, uh, I'd Monroe, Monroe. Why can't I talk? Maroon five. I thought uh, that sucked. I mean, the dude took his shirt off and that was the highlight of it. Um, if it's, you know, some pretty boy trying to look like he's white trash with a bunch of tattoos, if that's the highlight of the, uh, the fucking, uh, Super Bowl halftime show, then uh, your performance was garbage. It was terrible. Um, I'm going to go uh, with the Who. I'll stick to the the two old guys. They were worse than the Rolling Stones, even. The Who just looked fucking old when they had him out there. Like, yes, we get you're an old man band now, but like they, they looked terrible. They sounded terrible. It, I thought that, that one was brutal, so I'm going to put them as, as fourth worst. I had three. They didn't even know I had the, the who at three. And I personally, like, I love the who I, I like, I like the whole like 60s, 70s classic rock a ton. Um, you can't see it, but Same I got here. my albums collection over here. I, I have probably about four who albums. Um, they, uh, they didn't even know about the Super Bowl. They, they were just like, Oh yeah, we'll do this. Okay. And, uh, it could tell that they really didn't give a shit about the gig. Um, Brian, who do you got at number two? Number three, you mean? Oh, number three. My bad. I thought that this was hilarious. And like, I vaguely remember it actually happening, but, but rewatched it. And it was the year that they, they were trying to push the movie Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> Did you ever see that? Uh, the, I saw the Blues Brothers performance. No, I didn't watch Blues Brothers 2000. I did not. Blues Brothers 2000 came out, um, you know, a little bit later. At least I think they were trying to push it, but either way, they, they, they tried to reunite the Blues Brothers with, uh, Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James Belushi, Jim Belushi. Uh, they had ZZ Top and James Brown too, but like stop trying to make the blues brothers work once it's, it's not uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Like that movie blues brothers, 2000 was an absolute joke. It was horrendous. Um, and they just went and, and, and I get that the blues brothers, you, you have to suspend disbelief because they have the over the top ridiculous shit in there. But like, you know, the, the fucking, zombies and the witch and and all the dumbass shit that they did in in blues brothers 2000 yeah so that came out in 98 so it definitely was to push that movie and that's that's an absolute joke that movie's so bad and the original is one of my favorite movies ever so the the halftime show where somehow the blues brothers 2000 crew was in there was an embarrassment 
I'll put them at three. Met James Brown out there too, and it still sucked. I mean, still sucked. And ZZ Top, I love ZZ Top too. Oh yes, ZZ Top was in there as well. Yeah, they came out. I remember they came out and played Tush. Uh, yes, ZZ Top rocks. Uh, if they would have played uh, Rubber Biscuit, dude, it, they might have been able to save me on their fucking performance. But <laughs> bow, bow, bow is my favorite. That's my favorite Blue Brother song. Number two, who do you got? Number two, I'm going to go with uh, the year that Coldplay was fucking on there. Coldplay sucks. Fuck Coldplay. Dude, you don't belong anywhere around football. Damn, dude. I, I, uh, I, I didn't think Coldplay was good, but I don't have them in my top five worst list. Um, I do, however, have one that I've seen very high on the list. And that was U2, because fuck Bono, fuck U2. I, I can't stand them. They put that free album on every iPhone a few years ago, and now it randomly will play. I finally deleted it. I you know what? It was on there. I'm deleting that one. Coldplay is is off the top five, because if I'm not mistaken, that is the Bruno Mars year. Yes. Right? Yes, the Bruno Mars and uh, Beyonce. Okay, then never mind. I, I my, my number two is is actually, and again, I'm, I'm kind of doing this on the fly, uh, the Madonna year. Madonna, LMFAO, Nicki Minaj, and CeeLo. That is my number two. How I didn't put that on my list is beyond me. Um, I remember, and that one sucked ass. Sucked ass. Um, number one. I We probably got the same number one because there was one that stands out. Uh, to, my, my number one is you too. Fuck you too. Oh, good. Well, fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> Black Eyed Peas, uh, uh, go back and watch it. If you don't remember, it was horrendous. Um, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen uh, musically. Um, I really don't know how they're even a, a thing. Uh, let's get it started in here. Uh, my humps is a fun which party. Is, which is, let's get retarded. Yes. Let, let's not let's not candy coat it as, as though they... They didn't have their their song originally called "Let's Get Retarded." That was the name of their song. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, they had to change that one up real quick for Pepsi real sponsorships. Quick. But yeah, they're they they in, in their defense, I they did everything live. They didn't lip sync, uh, but for the most part, they're awful all at singing. They're more of like we're gonna make this fun dance music about getting retarded in here and uh you know <laughs> it didn't translate well it didn't translate well at all so they were my worst my worst one uh we talked about doing a national anthem one and fergie is my number one worst national anthem of all time too we're oh not oh my we're, god it's so funny though it is funny let's uh, play some basketball <laughs> she's just awful i i don't know what fergie did to get hired again what what uh you know did we forget how bad the Super Bowl halftime show was? Let's have her do the national anthem. The NBA really must just not have paid attention, but it sucked. They kept panicking. The, the, my favorite thing about the Golden State Warriors was that whole thing where they're panning to them, laughing while she's singing. Yes. It was very funny. There's a video of them in their locker room playing like a remix version of the the Fergie national anthem, and it is hilarious. They're like dancing to it. It, it, I still hate them, but it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. Credit when credit is due. You know. It's yes. A, all right. Uh, so let's go back and uh, let's talk. Uh, 
top, uh, the best ones of all time. Um, honorable mention uh, for me. I'm going to shout this out. Do you know who uh, Superhuman is? Nope. The internet star. It's this just garbage juggalo kid. And like he just does stunts and he's just, oh, the juggalo, juggalo, juggalo. yeah. Yeah, I know who that is. He released a halftime special this year and it was awesome. It wasn't really that good. He just like punched some like old, like, um, I don't know, shutters or something that had razor blades taped to him or something. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Superhuman Rocks, uh, he put out a halftime show. So I'm going to honorable mention him. Uh, my number five, I tied it. Uh, Lady Gaga, uh, she probably could be higher up on the list, but there's just some really good ones. And then uh, I got Tom Petty in there too, because I just love Tom Petty. So he, I love Tom Petty too. He could do no wrong. Uh, he is my number five best ever. Yeah, well, good. We we agree on something. Uh, number four, uh, I'm coming in. You you put that Coldplay, Bruno Mars, Beyonce on your worst list and pulled them off. They're number four for me. Uh, I'm going to go with, the, with my number four as Bruno Mars with the Chili Peppers, where it's more Bruno Mars. More Bruno Mars. I thought Bruno Mars was – I think he is the exact kind of act that they should go for where, like – it's not like a cold play where like, like that's all a hundred percent for, for just bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Bruno Mars is like, that's, that's good pop music. He's a great live performer. Um, I think he's the kind of person that they should be shooting for year after year. He, he He's a awesome performer and musician, like, and a tiny little baby of a person. He's, he's just so tiny. Like yeah. Prince. He kills it, dude. He kills it. Um, Beyonce, that's when she came out and did the ladies, let's get in formation. And like they did like this X and it's just, you know, racial tension. Like people were pissed. Like that was great. I think she got put on an FBI watch list. Like people were reporting her to the FBI because they thought she was an Illuminati. And that's why they're on the list. It wasn't the music. It was just like how pissed everybody was at Beyonce. And then she just like, it was like, let's get in formation. And then it was like, national tour world tour on sale like immediately after like it was brilliant marketing but um also my wife's a huge beyonce fan so if i don't put her on the list i'm gonna catch some uh, flack so (laughs) uh what do you got number number three number three i'm gonna go with uh the 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 titty halftime show the janet jackson justin timberlake jessica simpson kid rock nelly and p diddy 2004. Yeah, dude, that's exactly where my list has them as well. Uh, that's the most iconic uh, one. Uh, pretty much because of them titties. Them titties, though. Uh, it pretty much ruined Janet Jackson's career. Like if she was, you know, a powerhouse and just nothing after that. Like they really surprising that her brother molesting children didn't yeah. do it, but her her accidentally having her breast exposed on television by somebody else is what did it. I have always hated Michael Jackson. Like I knew as a child that he was a scumbag. Like I just remember like seeing the news and being like, Oh, this guy isn't sleeping with kids. I I don't know how he gets a pass. Like it's insane to me. But anyways, that's, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Like I, I refuse to like acknowledge Michael Jackson. I don't even think he's that good. I think he was just the first. He's got some real good songs, but like, he's a very, very creepy human being. Yeah, so who who I, I'll go uh, number two. I got Prince. I, I think number two Prince. Prince uh, Prince rocked out. Um, 
uh, probably as far as it goes, it's probably the most happy people have been with the halftime show. I think no one hates Prince. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with Michael Jackson is because he came out in the same era as Prince, and I feel like people just think Michael Jackson's better than Prince, and it's a complete fucking farce. Prince is a superior musician. Dude, and- that that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame honors performance where they were honoring George Harrison and like him, Tom Petty, and a, a whole bunch of other musicians I don't really know about played the While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Do you ever see that? I don't recall at all, but I'm going to go watch it immediately after this. Probably my favorite live performance I've ever seen. Like, holy fucking shit. Because Prince comes out and he plays the final like solo. He doesn't sing at all. He just plays the guitar solo. And holy shit. It is phenomenal. I will definitely check that out. Uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is my favorite mm-hmm. Beatles song. So, uh, really? fun fact, nice. yes, very much so. Uh I don't know how I I went through life and missed that, but anyway. Either Hey Hey Jude or Helter Skelter for me. Like Helter Skelter is like the invention of punk rock. I don't even like punk rock that much, but like Helter Skelter, it, I played it for for my fiance Sarah, and she'd never heard it, and she was shocked that that was the Beatles. Yeah, I we could we could do a whole we should do a music episode someday. We'll just talk about. Music. I was another one I was thinking of for like top fives. It would be like pump up songs. Yeah, yeah, I was going to do, like, weightlifting songs. I thought that, like, let the bodies hit the floor, you know, like, shit like that. Yeah. And there's stuff, like, I'm sure that you're going to throw out there, like, that only your football team listened to that, you know, and likewise. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I was always headphones. I It wasn't, like, the only thing that we played as a team was after wins in high school, we would play uh, Here I Go Again on My Own by Whitesnake. We'd all sing along to that because the, the movie Old School had just come out. And we we would belt that song out. It was a lot of fun. That's a uh, pretty sweet. Actually, we drove by an OBGY. And I think I talked about this like early on. Anytime we won, everybody would just pound on the windows and the wall and just scream OBGY. OBGY. <laughs> we only did it as a victory. So it was really dumb. I don't know why we were going That's so hilarious. about, uh, you know, vagina doctors, but we were, we were excited about vagina doctors. Uh, who, <laughs> Who do you got number two, Brian? Number two is is Prince for me. Um, Shit, fantastic performance would have been number one, but like the one that really sticks in my head is is my number one. It's like the ultimate Super Bowl halftime show from my lifetime, and and maybe some of it has to do with the the massive boner that I had for Britney Spears back in that that time period. But it would be the Aerosmith in sync, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly performance of two thousand one. Boom! You big Britney Britney fan, huh? Oh God! Back in in those days, when I was a a thirteen year old boy, yes, I was I was a big fan, and uh, she looked super hot in that halftime show. Plus, they like they Aerosmith just killed it. They walked this way um, where they were going through everybody. Everybody would sing a little piece with Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. Uh, I thought that that was just a great fucking um, halftime show. I uh, my number one. Uh, I'm going to pay homage, and I think I mentioned this last time. I'm going to go the Butt Bowl. Beavis and Butthead, the halftime shows they used to do, Celebrity Deathmatch, they used to do those, Hanson versus Marilyn Manson, uh, the Puppy Bowl. I was all about, like, as a kid, like, 
put on Beavis and Butthead. Like, I want to run into the other room. Everybody who's watching the halftime show, I'd go into the other room and watch Beavis and Butthead. I would always leave and go watch whatever MTV was throwing up uh, because I didn't give a shit about the musical act on yeah. those years. You know, it was, you know. I'd always watch it because, you know, that was the thing that I, everybody wanted to talk about the next day. Um and just to be a part of of popular culture, I'd watch that. But I do remember one time I watched uh, Halftime Heat for the WWF. Hell yeah, that's another one, dude. Yes. I watched that. The Puppy Bowl for me has always been something I've watched beforehand. That's like a pregame thing for me. But I do watch it. Is like it before? Week. Yeah. I uh, I know like the the Butt Bowl was the big one for me as, as a kid. As I remember running and being like, I need to go watch Beavis and Butthead for 10 minutes right now. <laughs> How is this our longest episode ever? Uh, I don't know. And there, this is amazing. And from what I can tell, there's been no audio issues. It should be yeah. plug and play. So last week was atrocious. If you listen, Brian <laughs> did not start out our conversation going, did you see the weekend spent $7 million on the halftime show? Like that's not <laughs> how it started. I listened to that. I, I like, I couldn't remember for sure how it started, but I was like, there's no fucking way this is right. But yeah, that was funny. Hey, how you doing? And then I burst out as if I've been waiting to tell you and couldn't hold it any longer. Oh, good. Well, that'll do it for us guys. Uh, we got to go. Uh, shout out to Jenkins Insurance, uh, sponsoring the Cleveland Comedy Network and Festival. I got to go run and uh, help Steve Guy with some filming stuff. So we'll be uh, check that stuff out. Cleveland Comedy Festival. Uh, we got a new show. Brian, did you you do something for that uh, for that uh, Talking Head show we're doing? Yeah, I, I, I you know wasn't going to go to a bar with people to get. Um, I know that he was filming some stuff on location, but I just did it on my phone sitting here at my desk. Yeah, that's and, fine. Uh, I, I I weighed in on a few different things. I, I hope I did a good job. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. Uh, anywho, so we got another one where uh, it's basically like a drunk history thing, uh, but it's all Cleveland. I think you did the live show years ago. Uh, at Satchenheim, but where we just, Oh God, where there was like eight people sitting outside. And I, I was one of them. We didn't know each other then, but yeah, I, used to, I, I don't know. I didn't know you were there. I ran down the, uh, I, I like, I didn't prepare, but I ran down the 2016 NBA championship. And like, I, it was such an awkward show. Cause again, like nobody was there. I, I just stood up when I was done and left. Yeah. It was Satchenheim dude. It was nobody great restaurant. Nobody wants to go there though. Anyway. Saxon I is so great. It's just such a sketchy neighborhood, but like I fucking love that place. Yeah, it's it's really great. <laughs> but it's again, it's sketchy neighborhoods. So anywho. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Email the show, 10 Cent Beer Life. Oh, the emailer wanted to know uh one hit wonders, like Harold Miner, like a guy that was just like a flash in the pan good. So that'll be uh Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis is a good good example. So we'll do that next episode. You'll see all the social media stuff. Interact, like, share, blah, 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 blah. Please. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Go Browns. Go Browns.